Hello and welcome to People Who Play, the podcast about living playfully. I'm Emma, a mum, a wife, a researcher, writer and part-time mermaid. And I'm Ben, a nostalgia junkie, happy to be here husband, runner and dad of three. Every week we sit down to chat about life and stuff. We hope by hanging out here we can spark your imagination, encourage you to get creative and take your playtime seriously. This is a weekly podcast. The first one of the month is free. But if you want more episodes, then head to the show notes and follow the link to subscribe to the People Who Play Substack. For just £3.50 a month, you will get all of the episodes to the podcast and access to my writing. And with that, let us open the gates to the playground and get stuck in. It's playtime. Welcome back to a new season of People Who Play. Hello, Ben. Hi, Ems. We haven't spoken to each other (laughs) in four months. Yeah, the last time we had a conversation was the last podcast. This podcast is back due to popular demand or just a a light spattering of demand? (laughs) I'd say a murmur. A murmur. Uh, When we... Well, when we said we were going to... Oh, I've forgotten how to pod. No, you have. And that will come back. When we said we were closing the pod, I had a lot of messages of people that were really sad. And it made me feel sad. It didn't... I I felt elated to begin with because I was like, this pod is grinding me down. I'm the one that has to edit it. I cannot. That's that's part of the reason I couldn't bear your whinging about the editing. But we've got a new strategy... We've streamlined things. We're going to be slicker. Quicker. And... (laughs) No, if you are enjoying this and listening to this right now, this is a freebie. This is a freebie. This is a freebie. But if you want us once a week, we're going behind a paywall. You've got to pay for it, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I think think what we learned... Actually, let's get into this because I think this is interesting in itself. So... It better be, otherwise it's just dead air. Doing a podcast is quite a lot of work. There's the recording, that's the fun bit. Then there's the editing, there's the marketing it. But blah, blah, blah. No, I think you've missed... I think that's wrong. I think it's the consistency is the hard bit. Yeah, and doing that on a consistent level is really hard. And they do say you should never have a break. Who's from they? your pod. I, I don't know. Just the generic they. They, they right. pop up in every instance. Um, and I think what happened was it became, yeah, too grindy. And if you're not actually, earn, you know, if you don't start to see a reward, you want to get paid for your time when people are sort of getting entertainment. It does start, you, you can sort of start to feel a bit like, what am I doing it for? Well, it turns out we were doing it to actually sit down together and, and have a right. chat. That's what happened. And then ironically, in that conversation, we forgot the fact that it was play for us because it is really fun doing it together. And I think it did add something to our dynamic. So, Well, without the pod, I don't know what you're up to. Well, ironically, we, we, made, a, we made a podcast about playing and we forgot that it was actually play for us. <laughs> So we missed it. And when people wrote to me by letter, by hand, um, they sort of said that they were going to, there was a slot missing in their pod selection of just silliness and provocativeness between us. Well, I am going to fill that slot. (laughs) Now, uh, how much is this pod? Because everyone's always like, oh, it's the same as a a cup of coffee. We're not doing that. We're not talking about admin on the pod. That's what what we used to do. (laughs) Sorry, listener, I've made an error. All the details are in the show notes, but you have to subscribe to my sub stack to get it weekly. Or you can just join us here for free once a month. What the heck is a sub stack? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad you know what's going on. I bloody love sub stack. Do tell. I'm I'm going all in on it. So I've had a few things in my life. I did I did blogging in the very early days. Obviously, I've done Instagram. Um, did we dabbled in YouTube? Do you remember those days? Yeah, did yeah. a few YouTube videos. Um, I did Patreon in the lockdown, and now I'm on Substack, and I really like it there. I like it a lot. I like it because it's very aligned with the chapter and the season of where I'm at in life right now. It's it's 2023 as been another year of m's and it was meant to be my damn year and you just muscled your way in hasn't been my year 
It is. Every year's your year. You know... Um, well, if you want a year, you've got to claim it. No, sometimes I drive in my car by myself and I listen to that Ken song. I really relate to it. And I change it from Ken to Ben. Yeah, you've got the Benergy. I'm just Ben. <laughs> Anywhere else I would be a 10. And you always say, but you are a 10. You can't shout at someone saying they're a 10. <laughs> you are a 10. You've been, you've been really good this year. Yeah, and I've been so good, I'm going to get a PS5 for Christmas. Why do you ask for your Christmas present in, in August? It's November. No, you asked for it in August. I didn't. You I did. Didn't. No, it's lies. No, it's not. You brought it up. Well, fine. Ask for it then. Like a, I've been bloody good this year. Like a seven-year-old. Now, <laughs> um... The other day, Emma sort of, she went all serious and she was like, I need to talk to you in the living room. And I was like, oh, do I need my lawyer? Because I ain't <laughs> signing nothing. I've always said I will never sign the papers and I never will. And I went in there and you were like, there's wars, there's, you know, the outlook, all the teens have got, they're depressed. I was like, oh, where is this going? And then you just paused and you're like, I'm going to have to buy a slow cooker. <laughs> like, well, that's got nothing to do with war or teen depression or cost of living. No, my point was... You were like, oh, I'm going to buy a slow cooker and a compost heap. <laughs> my like, point right. was, I think it's a really hard time to be an adult at the moment. And there's, it feels like there's, they call it a perma-crisis. Um, I feel all right. As in, like, the world is in perma-crises. Like, there's no let-up in between major... It's a constant barrage. It's just existential crises after existential crises. Yeah, but how are you going to solve that with a slow cooker and a compost heap? <laughs> I'm not. I was just saying, I feel fortunate to be at a point in our lives where, you where, can slow cook. where i can slow down oh my god the slow cooker is a metaphor it's a metaphor for slowing down yeah i want to boil in my juices <laughs> god yeah for what about the compost heat that's slow as well that's also slow yeah but useless it's not useless no sorry, it's not, <laughs> no it's just like it's one of those things where you're like, oh, you, you can't put everything in. You can put a little bit in, not too much. Yeah, and you can put this, but not this. Well, I've got seven pumpkins sat on the drive that are just getting rained on and turning into mush. And I ethically don't know what to do with them. Well, we too put... big for the compost heap. No, we, we can put Too them... big for the bin. <laughs> we can put too them... Big. <laughs> you, keep telling me, you keep telling me to go off on one of my hikes and like... Slip one in my backpack and yeah, seven leave hikes, it out for a badger. Seven hikes, seven pumps. <laughs> one pump a time. I'm sorry, but if I was to go into the nature reserve with the pumpkins, by the way, they are mahoosive, and just chuck it in a hedge, if someone saw me doing that, they'd be like, oh, mate, you can't do that here. And I'd turn around and I'd say, oh, mate, I can, because that night, a badger, a fox, and a hare... I'm going to chow down on that. Why are you living in the animals of Farthing Woods? I'm just saying, it is ethical to go and dump it well, in no, the Well, it's no, it's a good point, because I always I'm think I'm not putting this. the fridge freezer out there. I always think this about banana skins. Like, when you're out on a ramble, it seems acceptable to lob a banana skin or an orange peel into a bush. But It's a bad look. But Yeah, but, but why? Why is it acceptable to do that on a ramble? You wouldn't do that sort of in a park because the ramble you're in nature it's filled with wildlife mm, that's a good point so they're going to come along and gobble that up massive difference between just like walking down the high street and just tossing your apple core <laughs> and being like well that's all right the wildlife will, will take care the of rats that. will get it Ugh. the the only issue i've got is is just the the sheer volume of pumpkins that i've got yeah you go big on the pumpkins the listeners are going to think that I've been running a pumpkin farm. You, you, you have. Which I tell you. When I was away. No, that is my dream. When I, is it? My dream job is to just run a pumpkin farm and feel like I'm living in Stranger Things. Well, I read an article and apparently some of these pumpkin farmers are absolutely cashing in because people want the picture for the gram. Oh my God. When me and Scout put the biggest, the largest pumpkin that we picked on the scales... It was colossal in, yeah. in, in volume and price. My friend was 
It's about 14 quid. My friend was sort of rushing around because she hadn't been to a pumpkin farm. She should get a and, slow cooker and, and slow the, down her life. And, <laughs> and on the day on the day she went to go, it was pouring with rain. And I said, well, Ben's been going to them for the last three weeks. We've got so many here. If you want to bring mm-hmm. your kids around, st- stick them on the pile, take a photo, I'll scatter some straw on the floor and I'll charge you 40 quid on the way out and it'll be just the same experience. Well, listeners, I like to get my pumps October the 1st through to October the 8th you beat the crowds I want that idyllic I go there in the day on a school day with Scout and we just pick our pumps oh that's nice and it is heaven and then you come back uh, you clean them so you make them all nice and bright and orange you get a mixture of white ones too and then you basically you stack oh, them in Stacey the, Solomon you stack them you sub stack them in the corner right. of your hall if you've got a hall or wherever put them wherever um, I would never tell someone else where to put their pumps. <laughs> you just did. Um, <laughs> and well, then you create a nice autumnal scene. It's lovely to be back where I can't get a word in. People are like, that. people are like, oh, yeah. they're going to go like, all funny. Goes. They're going to go all... And it's like, no, they won't. If you know anything about pumpkins, they only go funny when you carve them, numbnuts. Well, Sorry, I'm just shouting at the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't do anything with those discarded pumps because that hot box is coming. It's called a hot box. I know. As soon as the rain gets to them, they've gone all gross and horrible. I know, but you can put. That's what the composter loves. It loves gross and horrible. I know, but does it? Can it handle that that volume of pumpkins? It, Guys, it, get back to us. Have we got a new email? Don't know. It's the same one, but I still don't know what it is because I kept getting it wrong last time. Okay, so email us at we don't know dot com and tell us how you ethically get rid of your pumps. And I don't want anyone saying that they make in soup because. It's rancid. I think it's not the right pumpkins for soup, is it? No, you can't make a soup out of the skin. Mm. You make a soup out of the gizzards. Yeah. I didn't. I just put them in the bin. But um. No, I think you do make a soup out of the... I don't know what you make. I know, maybe you do. Of. Look, maybe you do make a big um, batch of soup and maybe no one likes it. Yeah, I don't think you make it out of pumpkins that have been sat by the bin for a week. Hmm. Anyway, going back to the slowing down, slow cooker, composter, what I was trying to say was, I think it's just really important to try and enjoy the life that you've got in these dark times. Well, it is dark times, but this pod is going to bring levity. It's going to bring levity. Um, Now, Ben, I've got something that I'd like to discuss on the pod. Okay. And it is the difference in attitudes to play and hobbies between men and women Uh, right so I put on my Instagram because I was really interested in I think it was something that I'd read about the sort of historical participation in hobbies across men and women and how women historically have things that like fit around the home life or they can be done in like snatches of time such as knitting and men have hobbies which take a lot of time and involve going somewhere in the day this is very like stereotypical activities that I'm talking about here but like golf fishing I don't do any of those I know you don't but this is what I'm kind of I want to research more of this and like look into it because I think it's true and so I put it on my Instagram and I had so many messages from women and honestly it was quite depressing what they're not le- not allowed to spread their wings. They're, it was quite depressing how they, a lot of them had partners who were like so strict on doing these certain activities, like golf, and they would like go and do golf every Saturday, and it takes like five hours. I think if you've got a young family, and like you're not around that much in the week because you're working, great, whatever. I just think you shouldn't play golf on the weekend. Is this an anti-golf <laughs> rant dressed up no, as... No, it's not. It's um, not. And I know some people like do fit that in around their lives. And I'm not... I'm not um, I don't want to be cancelled by golfers. But I just think like... <laughs> I think there is a certain... Like there is a relationship between the activities that you do and the sort of play that you're interested in and your lifestyle. Like there is a reality that those two things kind of have to meet up and also had a lot of women whose partners were like 
doing triathlon after triathlon after triathlon or marathon after marathon after marathon and obviously like those are awesome things and Lovely like things. I'm, I'm all for like exercise and goals and like doing things but it takes a really long time so does slow cooking to train for a marathon and I did a half marathon you've done a marathon and it's an awesome thing to do but I think if you were like relentlessly doing that and every single weekend you're like out running for like four hours and maybe you don't get to support your partner that much in the week i think that's quite selfish so you're saying that men are basically taking too much time with their hobbies and not giving their partners enough time with their knitting yeah i mean obviously it's massive (laughs) Wow, that, that, that broke you. Oh, it did break me. Oh, look, the window cleaner's turned Let up. Let the women Emma, knit. The window cleaner's here. Oh, I love that window cleaner. Uh, look, no, I, I no. Well, oh, oh. obviously it's quite, no, um, it's quite nuanced um, and I can't speak for everyone and people's lifestyles are totally different. So there might be couples where one man or woman golfs and it works great for them. But I think what I'm saying is if you have really young a young family and you're co-parenting and you're 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 trying to you know you want to sort of balance that mental load is it is it selfish to choose a hobby that can only be done in daylight hours and takes five hours at a time and is like every weekend like maybe once in a while you know fine whatever it's selfish i think it is selfish golfers <laughs> It's difficult at school. Cricket's another one. I am... And I feel bad for, like, pointing out these activities because... Okay, you're going. Because I'm also very much an advocate for, like, you've got, you know, find your thing. But I'm also, with a family and with young children, like, there is a reality to that point in your life. Yeah, I ain't playing golf. And I think... No, you're not. This is loaded. But it was just all these messages that I got. I just thought, God, it's so selfish. You're giving your husband too much rope. Yeah, and maybe there's like women golfers as well that do the same thing. You know, I don't want to put people in boxes. Mm, I, I, well, look, honestly, we're not going to solve that here. No, and that's that's what, that's why I'm interested in looking back into this this history, this long history of activities because I I started dabbling, and I think also typically like women's activities like knitting also had some kind of like practical like home element to them whereas like men's were more about leisure in your head do women just knit i don't (laughs) you keep you will not stop talking about knitting i think that's relevant for like 0.1 of the population i know knitting got big in london for like a week not just london hipsters Hipsters on the underground. I'm knitting. What's that diver, Tom Daly? He loves knitting, doesn't he? If you're going to knit, just knit. <laughs> Speaking of knits, I've oh, been at... I've Scout been at, got oh, knits, God, did he? I've been at war with knits. What, from the kindy? Yeah, so at the end of term, he came home with it for mm-hmm. the half term, gave it to Indy, so I had to do both of them. And then a first day back... I had him in the bath, and I was like, I cannot believe this. Knits. You are crazy with knits. Uh, Yeah. It's the psychological itching that you get, even when you haven't got them. Just thinking about it makes my head itch. Mm. Well, uh, what do you do? uh, That hasn't really changed. You just get that shampoo, and you get that weird 80s comb, and you just go to town. Yeah. It's It's a big egg hunt, isn't it? Yeah, you have to... (laughs) Yeah, it's like an Easter egg hunt, but like less chocolate. It's not about getting the knits, it's about getting them damn eggs. Yeah, it's gross when you comb them out, but I'm sort of like obsessed with like looking at what comes out. Yeah, you've got nuts. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, um, listeners to the show, Emma is currently embarking on what she likes to call a creative pause. Yeah. You're so slow that you might as well just be backwards, like... You're slow cooking, you're not working. Um, although, can I just say, this is, you're, you've never been in the office more. I'm like, well, when are you, go- this why isn't creative or pausing. Why does that always happen when you say, I'm going to have a pause and then suddenly like... You haven't paused. E- and suddenly everyone wants to work with you. It's like, where were you all in January where I had no work I know, coming in? But you, 
a creative pause, okay, so a what, hiatus. So what happened was, is that I had loads of projects all at the same time. And I kind of hit my target. And I was like, I didn't... And for the first time since I've been out of my previous role... For the first time ever, I didn't have any work booked ahead. And that's like really scary. This is behind the curtain, listener. It's really scary when you're a freelancer. What do you mean behind the curtain? This is behind the curtain. They're learning about your goals, targets. I was going to say, we don't have any curtains in this house. No, blinds. We're very into blinds. So this is behind behind the shutters. We've actually got those stupid posh shutters that cost a bloody fortune and have to come from like china or something i know we've only been able to do the downstairs upstairs we've just got none like too you, expensive <laughs> you order them and then 20 weeks later a man comes around and fits them anyway back to being behind the shutters um so i was like okay i'm going to try and rather than panic i'm going to try and just love the lull I'm yeah gonna... but with you you have to give things a silly name so this yeah so you can't just say oh i'm not i'm just gonna not work for three months no 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 because that will not do, listener. This is a creative pause. That's right. If you've got a nine to five out there and you're working like crazy, do you really want to listen to a podcast where a lady's just saying, I'm having a creative pause? Well, it might be inspirational. It could be. You, um, you inspire me every day. Oh, that's nice. To work less, though. <laughs> Well, I've done that. You know, I've what? I've done my hustle years. I've done them, and I've been on the streets. And it's so hard to disentangle yourself from that mindset. And I think that's what I've been on a process. Just say no, like Zamo. Of yeah, and you know, when I look back and when I came out of my last business, I think it would have been really normal for people to have taken a year off after I did that especially because I just had a baby but I was like too too nervous to just like unplug and I had to prove to myself that I could still I know I'm the main um earner in our family and I I felt like I had to have confidence that I could that (laughs) that I could still earn for us outside of my last role so i am just happy to be here so so i went kind of yeah full steam into trying lots of different things and i've done that for a couple of years now and i thought oh you know do you know what i've done really well this year um i'm gonna try and rather than panic about this quiet period i'm gonna try and actually just enjoy it you're gonna double down yeah so i said i'm gonna have a creative pause because all I want, and this is kind of what I've learned as I've got older and moved on with my career and stuff, is that I really hate it when people say that money can't buy you happiness. I really hate it when people say that because a lot of people that have extreme, you know, mental health problems, relationship problems, a lot of it comes down to not being able to afford to live. So it really annoys well, me. Well, I think when you've I hear used that. the wrong words. It's more, isn't it more that money opens some doors and provides freedom well, of it, choice well it removes a lot of worries that you know there's lots of worries that you know we used to have that we don't have anymore um and then you you know you sort of move on to exploring other things and i think where i've got to is that the thing i think that money brings me that has the most value is the ability to be creative because creativity does take time um and it does you know, if you really want to indulge in it, you have to have the the time and the freedom to be able to do that. So that's kind of like my new updated relationship with money. Oh, you've had like a software update on money. <laughs> yeah, fine. Um, mm, I was happy when we didn't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out. I know. It's and in, now it's, I'm happy now. It's interesting, isn't it? Simple. Yeah, it's interesting. You keep wanting to, for me to be more advanced than I am. No, I don't. Okay. I'm just happy. I've been happy now. I was happy then. Hopefully, I'll continue to be happy. Just quickly, I just brought up Zamo from Grange Hill. Yeah. Was he a drug addict in real life? And that's why he sang the Just Say No song. Or was his character in Grange Hill a drug addict? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to take a rain check on that. Say no, no. Just say. Do you not remember the Just Say No and yeah. Zamo? Mm. I just, I was like, did he have a problem in real life or was it just his character? Oh God, speaking of old TV shows. It was unethical if he did have a problem in real life. 
Well, either way, he was on top of the pops. Talking about old TV shows, I cannot stop watching ER. I am so nostalgic for it. It's like putting the snooker on. I just watch it every night. 90s, it makes me feel like a little boy lying on the sofa with my mum, staying up late. Never seen it. Oh, what? George Clooney? Never seen it. Oh, I'm not a big medical TV guy. It's just, do you know what I love? I've never seen any of them. Never seen ER. Never seen Grey's Anatomy. Saw a bit of casualty growing up. Well, ER. I think it's because both my parents had medical jobs. So maybe it felt a bit like. Two on the nose. Yeah. Hmm. Well, um, yeah, ER is kind of where George Clooney got his start. Mm. And it is set in Chicago. But interestingly, me and Indy, when we were in LA, Clang, doing the Warner Brothers tour, um, they actually shot it all in LA in a studio and just put mm. coats on when they went outside and pretended it was cold. I was going to say, because I was in Chicago recently. And you froze Clang. your clang. Oh, yeah, jet set, creative pause. Oh, yeah. Um, and um, I didn't I'm see, pausing, I didn't just see, jet setting. I didn't see ER mentioned anywhere. Santa Fe, Chicago. I mean, if we could all be like M's. <laughs> well, look, no, I, no, look, I just... Uh, no, 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 Back no, to, back I to E. I close the loop on my creative pause. Oh, Christ. Well, I want to talk about ER. <laughs> I just want to close the loop on my creative pause. So I'm, um, until January 2024, trying to spend all of my time... With me. Writing, oh. podcasting. Yeah, you never hear. You're doing script writing courses. And doing That's the door. some creative projects. That's the window cleaner at the door. Does he want to come in? Oh. Right, Emma has returned from letting the window cleaner in and feel free to close the loop on your wanky creative pause. <laughs> He's so handsome, that window cleaner. Window cleaner's a funny one because you don't really get a choice. Oh, no. Sometimes he just texts me and he's like, you owe me 20 quid. <laughs> <laughs> Look, can, if you don't close the loop on this daft pause, yeah, so, I will. So I'm, I'm doing all this stuff and writing and honestly, it feels like it's like it's, like it's all I've ever wanted. What, what to be unemployed? <laughs> <laughs> Is to just look ahead in my diary and just have days for writing and being creative. It's like what I fantasise about all the time and that's kind of... That's sort of where I'm getting to... Fantasising about time. <laughs> yeah, but it's... Is that 2023? It's sort of... It's, it's like a gift to my inner child. It's like my inner child so just wants to write all the time. She loves it. And reading. I'm doing a lot of reading as well. You just third well. personed your inner child. Yeah, it's fine. Wow. Um, so that's kind of how I've, I'm evolving my relationship with a sort of... Yeah, sort of getting into a financial position where God. I'm able to build in creative time because that's like the evolution. You know, I've done the nine to five, I've done the hustle years. Now I'm just all about time. Right, you value time. Yeah, so I'm trying to work on a more like project to project basis so I can allow myself these like times to be creative, which I know is a luxury. I know it sounds wanky. I know it sounds privileged, but... It's also quite planned with the evolution of like how I've done my career. It must be incredible to be a person that grows. <laughs> because the listeners would be like, oh, we haven't really caught up with Emma in four months. But wow, um, you know, oof, you, she's doing things. You grow. Uh, and the catch up with me is, oh, I've just been watching ER. <laughs> because I'm stuck in the past. No, well, I'll pop you in the composter when it comes to <laughs> you can see if you grow. Emma, no, but- can I just say, don't you dare pop me in there. <laughs> Listen, now, this is a little bit confusing, but I've actually, I've got two podcasts now. So there's this one, People Who Play, and then all the interviews that I do with experts is going on to a new podcast. A new feed. Yeah, new feed. So keeping them separate. I don't know what it's called yet. But anyway, when it comes out, I've just interviewed someone who's an expert in nostalgia. Right. And I I asked him about you. Oh. He's a doctor. Oh, God. So I'm being sectioned. No, but he said, <laughs> but what he said was so interesting. It's, it's actually, nostalgia is really helpful and healthy. There's and, a tipping point. And he thinks that you should actually be even more intentional with it, which is, I, th- I think, what you already do. And you should use it as part of your creativity. And he said the reason that 
we feel nostalgia and we have this emotion of nostalgia and that we almost seek out these experiences is because it provides clues which are solutions to problems of the now. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you've learned a lot there. I mean, I like nostalgia, but I guess you're never going to sit down with me and interview me about it. I can if if you want to. Because there's nothing behind it with me. I'm very surface-based. No, you're not. Right, you're I'm not. Deep. I'm deep. Why do you always write yourself off as being surface oh, when actually... It's something to do with my youth and actually, just like not, you're, you're, not feeling... You're, you're very like deeply philosophical, but you don't... You just sort of do the parts of it without almost feeling the need to constantly explore the why. You just do it. Well, I'll tell you what I've been doing a lot of. I can't stop buying Sunny Angels. Oh, for God's <laughs> You just contradicted everything. I can't stop. Would you like like to explain to the listeners what a sunny angel is? Um, Don't they know? They might not know. They're not common. They're kind of like, uh, they're about 2.5 inches, almost like a little kind of Japanese... uh, It's a cherub. Cherub. Yeah. Like a little um, vinyl figure. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, controversial because they actually technically have their wang out. They do have their wangs out. I mean, if that's going to be a problem for you, though, then what's going on in well, your life? Well, baby cherubs do. If you look at the kind of architecture, all of those people have wangs of, of cherubs. They always have them out. The little diddy wi- wangs. <laughs> <laughs> Just little. Come on! But you raise the point. It's not controversial. Would but it be, if it was if a it, girl, if it was a girl, yeah. would people say? Indy was like, "Oh, is there any girl ones of these?" And I was like, "Oh, I don't know if you'd want like loads of like little." baby vaginas everywhere it's weird I d- look i don't know i would um, like it if they had shorts on they're so awesome they're adorable anyway they're not they're really all different themes they're not really human that's how i see them yeah I but i bought these lovely like, i don't know what they are i bought these lovely display cabinets they can hold about mm, 12 little vinyl figures it can be anything like yummy world and we've bought six of these cabinets and we've put them all up down this like little it's corridor so cool. and it's like toy li- gallery. it's like toy mm. gallery i love it so much you get a sunny angel and you put it in one of those it elevates it yeah so every sunny angel has a different um, theme different theme yes yeah, so they have like different outfits on um, they're really um they're not rare but they're sort of difficult to get quite hard to get yeah in england they are yeah, yeah and and ebay is a bit of a nightmare because there's a lot of knockoffs mm. and not a, a lot of fake I love putting like collectible toys in cabinets. Oh, it's one of my favourite things. It looks so good. Sometimes I just stand there and look at it. Like, I think I should. Be, I just love curating anything. You're very good at curating. I love it. Yeah. I love. You create. You sort of stuff. make a mood out of stuff. Because if you have a collection and it's not organised or displayed, well, then you got nothing. Then you, you just got, no. Yeah, you, you just got, got a pile of stuff. You just got bits. Yeah. So many people have like really quite lovely hobbies and stuff, but. They live in a world where they can't display things mm. or it's controversial to like put some toys up. Mm. Oh, you should so do it. There's something really nice about walking past some toys. Bobby did that on one of the Queer Eyes. It makes you feel, well, it makes you feel young. Do you remember the episode where that woman was obsessed with, was it NFL? or And she had this... It's just a it's, junk room. Yeah, historic collection of stuff that was actually like really nice and really Display valuable it. but it was just like all over the place no and it felt like a sort of fraternity it was making it feel like a fraternity house and he put it in like cabinets he had the shirts framed like put like the nice things up and it looked amazing it was like a museum a house or wherever you live should be a reflection of the people's personality that live in it that's how I... it freaks me out if i go around somewhere and the walls all just got nothing on yeah that's how i approach interior design you want it to feel oh yeah because like... you are an interior designer as well <laughs> if you are designing a space you're an interior designer i'm really about that like just just you are the thing that you're doing if you write you're a writer if you run you're a runner i've said that before yeah, you tell me that I need to hyphen eight. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, I need to hyphen eight. Yeah, I mean... Because we're more than one thing. I was talking more about, like, your your interests. Like, part of the problem with people not... I've got so many interests. Part of the people with people not engaging in creative pursuits or exploring their creativity 
is because they don't feel like they are that. They feel like it's not in their identity. That's why the first part I always say, if you want to connect more with play, is you have to like say that you're a playful person, even if you don't feel like it. Or, you know, you have to say that you have creativity, you are creative, because so many people just... That's why I always label things and give things words, not to like box myself in, but actually to like free myself and to be more intentional. To get some ownership. Yeah, like, you know, you are... Hold yourself accountable. You are a runner. You're not like Mm. someone that just jogs occasionally. Like you're a runner and it's part of your identity. And as soon as that happens, you take it more seriously and you can level up and you can like get involved in community and, you know, it becomes your thing. You don't have to go to the bloody olympics to don't to be do it passive you just just own it because it changes your relationship with it and people that constantly say oh i'm not creative i'm not playful oh you know i haven't got any imagination the more oh, the negative m- nellies the, but the more you say that the more it will actually happen everyone has an imagination it's a human thing that we all have it's everyone so, is creative um, isn't it just so much harder to be negative than positive yeah it's, like a of, it's a lot of effort yeah. you have to like think about it yeah i mean i think so a lot of um culture in this country are big on negativity i think we're quite i'm a, a booster we're quite a whiny country i am a booster you are a booster i get off on boosting people <laughs> that's good there's so much negativity in this I, li- country. I like to fan people's flames like if if you're in a conversation with me and someone's like oh i'm really thinking about you know, doing this or... I You're wish, an enabler. I wish, yeah, I'd be like, right, how are we going to make it happen? Because I think I've said this before on the pod, but there's that expression, there's only two problems in life, knowing what you want and getting what you want. And I think you when... You greedy? <laughs> you sound like a greedy pig. No, not like want as in like, oh, I want to get that car. <laughs> like what you want in life, like mm-hmm. what, you know, things are going to fulfill you. And I think if you know what you want, that's great. That's like a that's a really great thing because so many people amble around thinking I don't know what my tastes are I don't know what my style is I don't know what my interests are I don't know what I want I don't know what fulfill me that's like really hard. That sounds like depression. <laughs> I think it's more like you know you don't you're sort of you don't know what lights you up. Oh, that would be that would suck. That's a lot of people. Oh man. Yeah. And I think that's actually a really hard place to be in because then you've got to start trying things out and going on a journey of exploration. Whereas if you know, if you've got a fire within you and you know that that's the thing that fulfills you, whether it's like in work and career or whether it's just part of your kind of passions, maybe it's playing golf five hours on a Saturday. Like you you sort of can figure out how to get there. Mm, To allow all of that stuff to happen you absolutely need to be with someone that's on the same page. Yeah, I don't think it needs to be like a romantic. It could also be like a friend or... Yeah, no, absolutely. cousin. I've started skateboarding on Wednesday nights, uh, the adult session, and it's a new lease of life. I'm literally, I cannot stop grinning when I'm doing it. Oh, that's so nice. Can't stop. It's just listening to like someone was trying to help me and like... Um, actioning what they were saying and, and implementing it like actually learning something I was like wow I don't think I've learned anything for a really long time and it's really satisfying very important to always keep learning yeah there was just a, a few things that I've with my skate skating that I've never been able to do and then I thought well I've never really sat down and explored how you do them and like tried to actually implement and we're humans you can learn stuff yeah but that's also a very like adult trait is once you've sorry i knocked the mic i know that really bothers you once you've learned something you get into a um you know you're on fixed rails and it's almost like i've learned that thing now so that's it like actually changing and being open as an adult is harder whereas kids do that all the time you know they're not they hold things much more lightly Mm. than we do as adults and it's so healthy to yeah take a thing that you've known and then figure out like where's where's your blind side and like you know and then suddenly you're doing it a different way or you've considered a different point of view it's very it's very freeing and it's very liberating but unfortunately it is far too rare in the adult 
population. That's why I bang on about playing all the time because. Well, I've got no interest in being involved in the adult population. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't see myself in it. I'm learning something. What? I'm doing a screenwriting course. Of course you are, because you want to write the next ER. (laughs) Well, everyone else is on strike, not me. (laughs) (laughs) No, the writers are back, Emma. Yeah, we when we were in LA, Clang, we met quite a lot of people who were doing that strike, and. They were all Uber drivers mainly. Yeah, and now I've done this screenwriting course. Um, (laughs) No, I'm like, it's really hard and it's like a real talent. And I'm so fed up of creative jobs being considered like quote unquote fun and quote unquote competitive and oh, there's someone else that will do it and therefore we won't pay you properly or we won't like respect it as much. It really, really irritates me. It was, yeah, it's quite, it's slightly annoying because it's, you know, most actors, 99% of actors are struggling, yeah. working, gigging yeah. actors. And there was kind of a lot of like, get a real job. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, no. It's like, well, if no one did that job, then there wouldn't be any films. There wouldn't be any TV. You know, there wouldn't be any plays. Like that, it's it, sometimes as a culture, we we can massively undervalue things that we are consuming all the time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What's your, what are you writing? So I am writing a TV series and I'm writing it just for fun, not because I, you know, I'm trying to pursue a new career. Oh, you never know, Ems. Well, you never know, yeah. Oh, well, knowing you, don't worry, guys. Um, You'll just be able to watch it on Netflix next year because this is Emma and she's a doer and she's, during her creative pause, is is writing a, a, you know, a hit TV show. It's not true. I'm not. I don't feel creatively successful, actually, and I would. I would like to be, but I am pursuing it more from a personal interest rather than a career point of view. I'm. I've, gross. I've had a very successful career, but in like a a specific area, and I would like. I want to create something. Like I want to make a thing, um, whether it's a book, a script, a product. I don't know, even if nothing happens with it, I just feel like the need to, I think that humans need to make things and create things. I feel very passionate about that. Anyway, they say, write what you know. So I'm doing a TV series and it's a sort of YA comedy drama. If you imagine like a cross between Adventureland and Sex Education... You know the film Adventureland? I love it. Um, that's what it's sort of about. And it's about a group of teenagers who are all working at a swimming pool. Because that's what I did. I was a lifeguard from age 16 until when I left uni. And they work at this pool. And it's set in the 90s. And it's kind of, you know, they all get up to like mischief. And the premise is they're the lifeguards, but they're the ones that all need saving. They've all sort of got stuck in this job at this point. That's a nice strap line. Yep, strap it on. (laughs) (laughs) I might read it. I'll probably just watch it when it... No, no, I was going to say, I'll probably just watch it when it comes out. You did read it. You generously gave some of your time and you read my first Loved it. Because it's set in the 90s, isn't it? Yeah. I'm big on the 90s. It is set in the 90s, but I also kind of want it to be... You know how Stranger Things feels almost otherworldly? No, that's more sex education. Yeah, sex education. It feels... It feels... Yeah, it's timeless, elseworld. Well, they don't don't have phones, do they? No, Stranger Things does feel otherworldly because it feels like a fictional place. But it's period-based, isn't it? It I I think it is a fictional place. (laughs) (laughs) um, No, it's set in the 80s and they, you know, they own the fact that it's set in the 80s, whereas sex education has a kind of else world feel about it like, it feels modern but retro well it almost yeah, feels think, american but not it's like where yeah, is this magical place i need, I need place? to tighten up on that because i do want it to be set in the 90s but i essentially want it like to aesthetically look a bit cooler in the 90s yeah you can do I that that's just a stylistic thing isn't it yeah so i love this already thinking about the production <laughs> of the tv show wow well it affects the way that because i'm quite a visual thinker so it affects the sort of way that I'm writing it. But anyway, you go you go to it's a great course and you sit there and you all have to read each other's scripts and criticize them. It's like four hours. Oh my god. It's like golf. <laughs> it's no, four hours every when, Tuesday night. When does it take place? At night time. At night time. When everyone else is asleep. Yep. Oh god, I just really jumped then because someone was in the garden, but it's the window cleaner. No, he's fine. 
Now, yeah, the thing I like about watching things from the 90s is not seeing phones. Yeah, yeah. It's it's such a big thing. There's nothing really in ER that makes it feel dated at all. It's Mm. just that lovely, oh, no one's on phones. I asked Clay about that, the nostalgia expert, because I said me and you always talk about how, like, is today's aesthetic in terms of design and technology is it more like because we always think it's less interesting to look at or is the fact that we find like the fact that they might have a a walkie-talkie or a landline do we find that more interesting because it's nostalgic to us well i think things it's pretty vanilla now yeah that's what he said yeah pretty beige he said like analog design and it is more interesting yeah. to sort of look at in a, yeah, in a kind of entertainment sense. Yeah, it's bland. For I'm not really interested in any contemporary TV shows. Just too many of them. I'm just not interested. Right. Well, no, you just can't watch everything. Well, what, what about taken... when my show comes out? <laughs> they, are you interested taken... in things that are new but that are set in different times? Um, I thought we were done with... Um, streaming i thought oh this is going to be this is forever now but now i think they've flooded us with so much content it's massively backfiring and all of the streaming platforms like disney plus netflix they're all receding in numbers and are going to stop making as many shows ben it's what you always predict it's hilarious we're just going to go back to tv yeah I have to say choice paralysis but what is funny is like the one thing that I watch regularly of all the things that are out there and there's probably so much that would interest me is the thing that I'm tuned into every week is bloody Strictly Come Dancing because Indy loves it and it's appointment to view Mm -hmm. so you know I only watch it I sometimes if I miss it I'll watch it with her on a Sunday but it's it's this idea of like event television almost feels that's what feels special now Mm-hmm, rather mm-hmm. than something that you can just get on demand you know it's it's a little it's the same, it's the same with anything isn't it when you can have something so readily available perhaps you don't take it as much as something that's more yeah for sure special. i think you i think you're on to something there i guess sport is yeah. a bit like that yeah and they do things like they show Glastonbury, don't they? And on iPlayer, it's like really good coverage. Like when something feels mm-hmm. in the moment, it sort of makes me want to watch it more. Yeah, aren't you just sick of people always wanting you to watch certain shows? Oh, you got to watch this, you got to watch this. It's, it's amazing. And it's like, oh, the commitment is off the charts. Yeah, but I think me and you both have a similar personality trait in that like when something is so hyped and when everyone is telling you to do something, it actually just becomes quite irritating and you don't want to do it. Contrarian. Yeah. That's the contrarian nature. And who is the contrarian in our house? Scout? Yeah. Where right. does he get that from? His dad? Yes. Well, we're connecting the dots. <laughs> <laughs> now, I when I, when I, yeah, I can smell slow cooking. What are you cooking? I've got a whole chicken in there. Oh my God. Is it just going to slip off the bone? It's going to slip right off the bone. Now, last night I cooked a stew and you said it almost brought you to tears. Yeah, because it made me feel uh, young. Oh, and like then, it just brought back memories, a mm, stew, so mm, wholesome. A winter stew. I put dumplings in it. I haven't, yeah. I haven't cooked dumplings. We're all dumplings. about, we're getting real. Emma is sending me to the bakery. She's yeah. sending me to the butchers. Support I local. I feel like I'm walking around in a Charles Dickens book. Yeah, you're, we're, like, we're like Sylvanian families. Like, get your basket, get yeah. your little bread. We're going, no... No process. We want real yeah. food. Well, I'm actually I'm trying to cut down our shop food shopping bill, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I, I'm doing an experiment because I think if you if we just bought less of proper stuff, we could buy more Sunny Angels. We could. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would actually net out the same. Like I'm trying, like letting all these processed like snacks and things. Like it's so bad. I know it's like hard because you know convenience and time and all that sort of stuff but I'm, I'm giving it a go the, the, the sort of one of the other drivers for this is that I got to a point of like rock bottom I was like at the bottom of the slow cooker with my feelings about 
meal times I think having a family it really can suck the joy out of cooking and my whole shtick is about using playfulness in the everyday so I was like I need to figure out how to make cooking fun again and I'm really envious of people that have cooking as their play because it's something that you obviously need to do so I've really sort of yeah I've gone on a little bit of a process with it and I'm like read I read a little I read a recipe book before bed that's one thing that I do um yeah because I quite like using my imagination um so I'm trying to like tap into yeah the imaginative side of it but yeah it's it's working it's 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 definitely coming back well that's fantastic I just want a, a public service announcement to the listeners if you're enjoying this show next week you aren't if you want to listen to us next week you're gonna have to get over to Substack aren't yeah, I Ems? Substack because this is weekly yeah it's really cheap i priced it really low because way less than a cup of coffee we've got a big whoop sticker on our heads <laughs> um because i know everyone's got a subscription and i know it's it's a bit intense so it's 250 and you get all of our pods and so also four pods four pods a month yeah and also you get all of my writing as well but yeah because when we were doing the pod before obviously the trajectory there if you want to earn an income from it is you have to get you know go mainstream get big numbers to get sponsors and I think actually because we've realized you know this is play for us it is fun we just want to make it for the people that enjoy it this is a better model for us and we'll just keep it within the community um you know yeah and and then we don't have to like try and get like millions of people also part of the reason we stopped doing (laughs) part of the part of okay maybe thousands part of the reason why we stopped doing it is because we got a bit like oh i don't really know if we want to be like out there in the world i used to get uncomfortable when um, we used to get emails about parenting advice yeah so we're not we're not doing that you're an expert not really no you're an expert i am absolutely not so i always felt bad so i used to say the same thing of just like follow your guts well, I think that's very good advice. I think I think people are just interested in hearing different people talk about things rather than getting advice. That's what people yeah, like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're not going to we're not doing parenting advice. Well, because it's such a, a sort of nuanced thing, isn't it? I I would feel terrible. I you know I don't claim to be an expert. No, we were just sharing our approach and our lifestyle, and you know if that rubs off on you in a good way. Great. Emma, you rub off on me in a good way. And I think that is a lovely way to wrap up our pod. It's good to be back. Thanks for tuning in, people. Yep. And you know where to find us next week. So I think we're going to be dropping this every Wednesday. Wednesday is a nice day. It's hump day. Willy Wednesdays. Oh. (laughs) No, it's hump day, Emma. Yeah, okay, sorry. Hump. Not that I subscribe to any of that nonsense. Humpback whale day. Um, Yeah, so go to the show notes you can find the link there to substack if you want to have more of these pods if not um, this will be a free monthly episode yeah how how do you actually listen to it on substack though emma tell the listeners i don't know yet i've got to figure that out well it's an rss feed isn't yeah, it? yeah it just pops up in your inbox and you can listen to it through your pod player yeah it would have been nice if you had a little bit more information for people there yeah, you caught me off guard there sorry i like to keep you on your toes I'd like to keep you in the compost bin. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, to find out if Emma lets me out of the slow cooker or the compost bin, tune in next Wednesday. Bye! Bye. Oh, my head's itching. (sighs) 